raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Hit us up on that text line. The text line has been off the chain today, 704-570-9610. Hit the social medias. Hit that follow button. We're getting closer to 1,000 followers on our Weston Walker page on Twitter, so keep it coming. Also, we've got the WFNZ Twitter and Instagram page. Hit up at Walker Mail at at HTB underscore Josh and at Wes Bryant underscore 72 on Twitter and Instagram. And now it's time to go to the campus. Kona. All right. Jim Harbaugh and the NCAA, an agreement between the two has broken down concerning penalties stemming from what the NCAA deemed to be false statements Harbaugh made to investigators. Harbaugh and the NCAA had come to a tentative resolution that would see the coach serve a four-game suspension to begin the 2023 season. Also, assistants were sanctioned as well. The deal still needed approval from the NCAA's Committee on Infractions. Instead, the case will move further through the NCAA disciplinary system. Almost into 2024, uh, they will handle that. And he is now expected to coach every game of the season. And the case is centered on alleged level two NCAA violations by Harbaugh and his staff that included meeting with recruits during a so-called dead period, watching workouts on Zoom, and having too many analysts participate in on-field practice coaching. Each of those is considered a minor to moderate violation. It would normally result and limited penalties. Also, during the investigation, the NCAA alleges that Harbaugh was not forthcoming with investigators and therefore slapped a level one violation onto the case, which calls for far stiffer penalties, including suspensions. So, Walker, man, what say you? Because uh, I think that this is just another crazy case with the NCAA where it doesn't seem like they quite know what they want to do here and also just for a uh, a dying entity as far as their involvement with these teams and looks like they're just trying to figure something else out that nobody else really uh, agrees with or really cares about. Right? Well, yeah, I mean, as far as the Tez Walker situation is concerned, I hope his thing gets overlifted as well, or uh, uplifted, I should say, yes. right? That he's allowed to go ahead and play football this season because if we're allowing Jim Harbaugh to do it over rules that don't necessarily make sense with Tez Walker coming out here and abiding by the rules the first time, and then you change it, and now it's somebody that, that now that he is the guy that is affected. I just hope that Tez gets to play football for North Carolina this season. Yeah, no doubt about it. Fitty, do you have a say on uh, what's going on with Jim Harbaugh and what's going on up at Michigan? I mean, they just know that Harbaugh's going to lead a team back to the, the playoff, and they want, and look, he's, he, this is a sport that needs, it needs characters. He's a character. You don't want to, you don't want him missing the first month of the year, so uh, I mean, to me, it was no harm, no foul. All right, and so expansion uh, that happened with the ACC, or it is not happening because four schools are opposed to adding Cal and Stanford, a source confirmed to ESPN. Uh, there's no call currently scheduled for the presidents to talk about expansion again. Discussions continue in hopes 
that they can get the 12 yes votes that they need to add said teams, but Florida State, North Carolina, Clemson, and NC State are opposed, a source said, confirming news for first reported by Sports Illustrated. Uh, what do you think about that? It's really no surprise to me. Uh, I think they don't want anybody else coming in and getting a cut uh, of the pie with revenue that they've already been annoyed that they are not getting enough of anyway. So Yeah, I mean, look at the college football programs that are opposing this. They are the ones that we have really the highest expectations for the last few years with north carolina understandably we know that north carolina fans are frustrated with mac brown getting all the talent that they have and then maybe underperforming especially what we got the last month of the regular season last year but we know north carolina is still one of the top performing acc football schools they have the quarterback in drake may that is probably going to go second overall after caleb williams they got to an acc championship game last year florida state they have a rich history, even if it hasn't been uh, something that they've experienced year in and year out since their championship. And even what, 2016 was probably their last good year. Now, after at least I should say before last season, now you have high expectations for them. Clemson, one of the better football programs in the entire country. All to say, these are the better ACC programs that say, no, we don't want to split the pie because we want more money for ourselves. And then if you add a school like Cal and Stanford that is more academic-based to uplift what this conference has thought about outside of football, which it's not. It's not It's not going to make this conference any stronger football-wise if you go out and get Stanford and Cal. I would understand why those teams would oppose this. All right, and fresh off the presses, FSU most likely won't leave the ACC ahead of Tuesday deadline. Amid rumors, according to the Athletics' Nicole Auerbach, an ACC school would have to give notice that it was leaving that conference by August 15th if it wanted to compete elsewhere next year. Sources told Auerbach the most likely outcome is that Tuesday arrives and the Seminoles do nothing. Rumors of Florida State exploring the possibility of leaving the ACC began earlier this month when University President Rick McCullough was speaking during a meeting of the Seminoles' Board of Trustees on August 2nd and said, quote, I believe that FSU will have to, at some point, consider very seriously leaving the ACC unless there were a radical change to the revenue distribution. So it looks like Florida State did a whole lot of woofing and they're not going anywhere. And so, well, yeah, I mean, I'm good with that. I want Florida State to stay and I felt like with the um, grant of rights and all that, that the ACC is going to pretty much remain intact for quite some time. Too many things would have to happen for Florida State to break from this grant of rights deal. If they wanted to raise money via a private equity firm, then if they did have enough money to raise then, well, the ACC could still say, uh, yeah, we got this grant of rights deal. We don't have to take this deal. So you're still going to be a part of this conference until 2036, and then we can start to negotiate what happens after that, and Florida State can leave then. But you're talking about a long way out. Yeah, Florida State this was always going to be them creating chaos. And I, I think Joe Obvious has talked about this quite a bit. Usually when you see a realignment or a team leave the conference, Baltimore Colts style, packing up in the middle of the night, that's how it happens. It's all very quiet. Well, Florida State is out here causing as much chaos as they possibly can because they want all of the attention and they want to breed fear into any decision maker within the ACC. But everybody's calling their bluff. And here we are at the deadline and no one expects them to actually move despite them talking so much. Yeah, this is always the scenario I saw happening, even as outspoken as they were. So basically, it's time to treat FSU like a good parent and tell them to sit there by. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. 
Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hands down. Mm-hmm. The Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit us up on that text line, 704-570-9610. Just a couple of texts on there. My man on the 704 number posted that he still wears a Rolling Stones shirt from RFK Stadium, 1982. Okay, Jeff from Charlotte. He said that. <laughs> And the concert K- t-shirts are cool. Yeah, K-Town Steve said he still has his Larry Johnson Hornets jersey from the year he was drafted. That's that's pretty nice right there. Yeah, because everybody will get the Larry Johnson jersey now, and they'll order it off of Mitchell and Ness, <laughs> and it looks fantastic. But if you got the OG, like, no, I got this in 1992. Original. Yeah, that's that brings a little different flavor to it. Yeah, man. So let's uh, go over to the campus. Come on. All right. ESPN dropped their top 100 college football players of 2023. Caleb Williams was number one. Drake May, where many thought would be number two, is number five. How do we feel about Harold Perkins, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Brock Bowers, in addition to Caleb Williams, all being ranked ahead of one Drake May. Well, look, I, I forgive me for not knowing the game for Harold Perkins nearly as well, but I definitely know a Marvin Harrison Jr. and I definitely know a Brock Bowers, and those guys are being tabbed as among the best prospects going into the NFL draft as well with just how productive Bowers is as a tight end. And Marvin Harrison Jr. is Jamar Chasey in the way that he could be a top five pick if he came out a year early but is not eligible to, and so you have to wait a year, and Jamar Chase just decided, look, man, I ain't going to play. I'm not going to get hurt because I know what I'm going to be in the NFL. And he was right on that. Marvin Harrison Jr. is that type of wide receiver. And we've seen him play to that kind of level. I don't have any problem with those two guys. Harold Perkins, I'm not going to speak because I don't necessarily know as much about him. But it doesn't bother me as much. It's funny to me, like Drake May is the fifth best prospect or the fifth best player in all of college football. And there are some people that might see that as a slight. No, he's a top five guy as a QB at North Carolina. He's probably still going to get drafted at least in the top three, depending on what you feel about Marvin Harrison Jr. as an NFL draft prospect. Do you think it's too low, Wes? Uh, I definitely do. And so I'm going to go to Fiddy on this after I say my piece. But uh, Harold Perkins is a Michael Parsons type. This is a menace off the edge. A lot of people are very high on him. He was a five-star coming out of high school, and this is a guy that a lot of people are hyping. It's just a complete terror off the edge, so he will probably go top five uh, in the NFL draft when it is his time as well. Marvin Harrison Jr., I do love him. Brock Bowers, I do love him as well, but come on, man, in the grand scheme of things, when you have a quarterback that's touted as a generational type of prospect, then no, I, I can't put those guys over uh, Drake May. I, I just can't, and I know that the way 
Drake May ended the season was not great, but I'm still going to put faith in him to come out and look the way that he looked in the first 10 games and not the last uh, not the last games of his season. And so with that said, nah, I, I don't agree with that. You think he should uh, be second? Yeah, I think he should be number two. No what doubt about it? it. If college teams had their choice of players in a pool, I would guarantee you well, that – Caleb Williams is going to go one, and Drake May is going to go two. How much How much of it is it the fact that he plays QB, though? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no doubt. But, I mean, the fact that he can be very, very dominant at that position is the most important position in all of sports. So, to me, that trumps a tight end. And I love wide receivers as well. And a pass rusher is very important. But, come on now, we're talking about a quarterback. What do you think, Fetty? Yeah, I mean, it's no surprise that I do think that that's a little bit low. You could sell me on him being behind Harold Perkins because I watched that man single-handedly beat Arkansas a year ago. You know, Wes compared him to Micah Parsons. That's that's the goodest comparison as you're going to find. That's how dominant he was on a very bad defense. And look, Marvin Harrison Jr. might be the best wide receiver that the Ohio State has produced in the last decade. And that's saying something. And Brock Bowers is a great tight end for Georgia. But, I mean, Drake May, like like Les said, he's a generational talent. Like, he, he's going to be the face of someone's franchise. Marvin Harrison might be – there's never going to be a, a, a situation where a tight end is the face of the franchise, let alone the face of a college football program. So, I think he should be third. Like, you, you could sell me on Harold Perkins being two because yeah, I can't even that do man. that because Harold Perkins had – I mean, he had eight and a half sacks. He's a good, really good player. The, the, no. guy, the guy that I have no problem ranking above him is Marvin Harrison Jr. Filthy. Well – <laughs> But I mean, like a lot of that is like, look at the the, the system that he's in. And but the, is he that much better than Olave? Sorry, Fiddy, I'm sorry. No, 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 go no, ahead, brother. No, but I'm, I'm kind of just arguing with Walker. Like, I, I, like, no, Drake May should be. He should probably be number two when you look at the numbers that Harold Perkins put together last year with only eight and a half sacks. That LSU defense that was atrocious. That's why it's been revamped via the transfer portal. I think May comes in five because the last four games he was pedestrian. Yeah, I mean, I do think Marvin Harrison. He's being talked about better than Chris Olave and a Garrett Wilson. And Garrett Wilson was an offensive rookie of the year. And Chris Olave was he that for the NFC? I don't. Anyways, we know that Chris Olave could win it, and we could see him have a big old breakout season, even more so this year. Yeah, Marvin Harrison. I he's going to be. I mean, even in some of these NFL mock drafts, he's going second overall above Drake. I don't think that happens because you're right. I think when it comes to a prospect, who you want to build your team around. Is Matt Millen still a NFL GM? <laughs> <laughs> if so, that would help. But yeah, if Drake May, Drake May's going to go second because we all know that a QB is going to be somebody that you want to build your football around, uh, football team around more so. But I, I don't mind Marvin Harrison being up. Then the ACC also rounds out the top 10. Jordan Travis clocked in at number eight. Jared Verse came in at number nine. There's Michael Penix at six. Yeah. (laughs) No doubt about it. And so when you go down the list, though, Clemson's Will Shipley, a guy, hometown kid. I feel like we don't talk about him enough. He checks in at number 26, all ACC team at three different positions last year, second in the league last season in all-purpose yards per game. Is he the best non-quarterback offensive player in the ACC, in your opinion? Doesn't scream that to me. I think of Trey Benson as someone who could just have a monster season for Florida State. This is someone that led the league last year in, in broken tackle rate. 
And you've even talked about this, Wes. Like, honestly, maybe you've even influenced me. So you might be arguing with yourself as well. <laughs> but when we've talked about Will Shipley, you and I both have talked about him being a good running back, mm-hmm. but not a phenomenal one. And I do think Trey Benson has the type of ability for Florida State to just go nuclear this season. Yeah, I don't know. Will Shipley doesn't scream, oh, this is the guy that is going to be the best offensive player outside of a QB in the ACC. Well, the thing is, he's pretty good. When you look across the league, Trey Benson's still going to have to split with those other FSU backs. I don't know that he gets to the numbers that Will Shipley could. Shipley also has to split some carries with Phil Maffa in that backfield. So there's another uh, deal for him. But to be a guy that made all ACC in three different positions preseason, he was also voted in much the same way. I don't know how much they'll have him back there as a return man. But when you look at the rest of the league, as far as just the players coming back and who's going to be the most dominant, uh, I I think that He definitely has a case because a wide receiver, there's no true superstars out there at the moment. There are some good wide receivers, but not necessarily great ones. And to me in the league, he's clearly the best running back coming into this season. Well, maybe not clearly because Trey Benson has a case as well. But I think still at the end of the day, when you talk about production, Trey Benson was 102 total yards uh, per game. Shipley rushed for 1182. Benson rushed for 990. I believe Benson missed a game or so, and he also has the split. Yeah, he played carries. one less. He played one less than Will Yeah, Shepard. yeah, yeah. And so then, uh, but I, I like Trey Benson as well, but I, I would go Shipley as the best non-quarterback coming into the season uh, offensively. But, Fiddy, what say you? Do you think that uh, Will Shipley's an underrated guy? Do you think 26 too high, too low, what? Uh, I think he's properly rated. I think if, you know, if he were to come back and play college football again next year, this number would be much, uh, I guess, Lower, but like I me, mean, because he'd be a higher rated player. Because right. I think he's going to be a freak in, in Garrett Riley's offense. If if Cade Klubnik hits, if 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 Cade isn't the quarterback that I think he's going to be, I think you'll see Will Shipley still put up good numbers, but won't be the monster he's going to be because you have subpar quarterback. Play. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the play play slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Bye. Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Keep hitting up that text line, 704-570-9610. Giving Fitty all types of TV advice. Big Big Cat Dan says, most definitely TCL. 864 number says they got an Amazon 55-inch on Prime Day for $220. Had it for a year, no problems. I think he's talking about a TCL because I said that you can get a an Amazon one or a Roku one with it already built in so you don't have to buy like the extras around it and all those particulars. So Fiddy's been getting some good advice. I think he's made a decision pretty much already. Well, everybody, I mean, TCL, 
Uh, very much so the consensus on the best bang for your buck This here. is pretty yeah. good. I love to get reviews. I think now when I'm getting ready to purchase something, I'm just going to come on here and ask the texters, and mm-hmm. then they'll give me uh, steer me in the right direction as well. I view this as who wants to be a millionaire asking the audience. 80% of the time, they're going to give you the right answer. But the more obscure the question, the audience might lean you <laughs> one way, and then you'll go home walking with nothing because you didn't just take the money. This is going to be tough because the listeners are steering us in the right direction right now, but the more obscure the re- the request, I think, they might lead you in a bad direction. Yeah, because I, I do a ton of research, and it could be cumbersome to say the least to try okay. to do tons you said of the most before you buy something i know you're one that likes to freeze time on a word that's not often used and so cumbersome <laughs> no that's doubt. something that you did the most with no doubt but for now it's time to go to the place you can learn words like that on the campus kona all right let's go to charlotte 49ers biff Pogey talking that talk once again letting you know how good the Charlotte 49ers defense will be in 2023. Fitty, let's play the clip. Our defense right now, as I got to tell you, is elite. It is, you know, I stand behind the offense because I don't want to get run over. And um, <laughs> and it is just so disconcerting because there's no leverage on the defense. They're everywhere. They come from every place. You can't run the ball on them. It is like you're an offensive coach. It'll drive you to start drinking heavily. <laughs> All right, well, with seven new starters on defense and eight on offense, we could look at this two different ways. Either the offense has so many new parts that the defense just looks so great because they're out there dominating an offense that hasn't figured it out, or Biff Pogey could be on to something saying that this defense, with all its new parts intact, could really be a real problem out there after last season finishing 127th in total defense and 128th in scoring defense. Nowhere to go but up in 2023. Walker, what say you? Well, he told us on these airwaves when we talked to him not too long ago, this team is completely different. And so when you try to put some precedent with how this team is going to be from last year, you can't. It's not the same team. It's not even close to the same team. Biff Pogey came in here and said, yeah, we're going to switch this thing up. Because what is going to be advantageous for you by bringing some of the defensive players that you had last year and not having a complete complete overhaul? They were maybe the worst defense in all of college football. That's not hyperbole. There were some stats that you could look at where they ranked second to last, dead last. They gave up chunk plays constantly. You and I could have ate out there. They, they gave up 40 points every game, Wes, yeah. until finally Will Healy, they move on from him. Phil Rossamundo comes in and actually does a pretty good job. Like, big shout. That's one. That's a guy that I think is going to be overlooked in Charlotte football history when it's all said and done as we're a little bit further on. But went 2-2 two and two with a team that couldn't win anything. Thing with Will Healy as the head coach in what was his like third year, right? So like, you know, Pete Rossamundo, I should say, not Phil. Either way, great job there to at least to steady the ship. Now Biff Pogey is coming in to have it launch. I'm ready for this, man. The defense to me, having four-star guys come over to this program, completely ready for it. And we've seen him 
do a good job in high school and be credited with bringing Michigan to the promised land, at least getting them to the college football playoff a couple of times, one where they were even the favorite against the TCU. So I'm really excited about the Charlotte team, and I agree. I do think it probably starts with the defense. Yeah, there's so much new. Everybody's talked about the transfer. Yabi Oki can't wait to see what he can do with yep. this defense, but after Biff Pogey has put this hyperbole on it, a lot will be expected in Charlotte this season. I'm here for it, and I want to see them be successful now folks we can pretty much have the party at this point if you'd like because industry sources according to an article from cbs sports's dennis dodd said industry sources said that there's not much desire by the big 10 or the sec to add the likes of clemson and florida state we also talked about the grant of rights and all of those things that would make it hard for a team to leave anyway But now the SEC and the Big Ten have turned up their noses at ACC teams. I know that I am happy for this as well. And so what do you feel about this and what do you think should be next for the ACC? Should they try to expand to get into the conversation? Because right now it looks like the Big Two is going to dominate in the future. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if I'm throwing a party that Florida State isn't leaving, right? I mean, it would... Or that the ACC will remain intact. At least... Yeah, right now. And are we just going to have this conversation over and over again? That's my question. Yes. Realignment. Put an emphasis on this. Mm -hmm. And so here we are talking about with Oregon, Washington, going over to the Big Ten, now the Big 12. They look actually somewhat steady, at least with programs that want to be in the Big 12 when we thought that they were going to go under because Texas and Oklahoma were about to leave that conference. And now here we are talking about the ACC. I understand realignment with other conferences might put an emphasis on how we view the ACC, but I don't know if I'm skipping and jumping around. Yay, they're intact because Florida State didn't get their wish, even though they're being an agent of chaos wanting to leave so badly. Uh, Joe Ovius is going to join us at 2 o'clock. I want to talk about the ACC mayhem with him, but he talked about the golden handcuffs that the grant of rights serves as. So here you have the grant of rights going until 2036 where Florida State can't really get out of it. But are you happy to keep someone in the home that doesn't want to be there? And if they perform better, then they're going to get more money. Ultimately, it starts with Florida State. But I can't help but feel like this is still a mess, Wes. Like, here they are. Great. ACC, they have everybody intact. At least you have this grant of rights deal to keep every team here within the conference. But, all right, are we just going to have this convo every single season or every other two or three years until we get to 2036 and then Florida State can go on its merry way because they're not going to sign another deal? Okay, I I guess we just got to – feels like the parents that are staying together for the kids. It's just they've got a legally binding agreement even though nobody wants to be there. Well, at the end of the day, I could care less with any of those stuffy suits and whatever they want to bark and talk. I could care less about that because the players and the coaches could care less. They want to come out there and play games. That's all I'm concerned about is good sports on either side. None of the kids are going to be out there thinking, oh, man, what's going to happen in 2036? I sure wish the revenue would be distributed better as they're at the free throw line and getting ready to throw a pass. I could care less. ACC still remains intact. It will be interesting to see where they go from here. And for the greater good, in the words of one Seth Rollins from the WWE, I may be rooting for even some of the ACC teams that I don't like. Probably still not going to chip for Carolina. But for the greater good of the league, the profile needs to continue to be raised. That means more ranked teams, more chances to get to the playoffs, more chances to get back into the national conversation as having elite 
team. So there we go. The ACC is going to be together for quite Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Sometime. Thursday, this is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Keep the text coming, 704-570-9610. Still getting some great responses on celebrities that people have met. 803 number says he got to meet the Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger, when he was the governor of California while fighting wildfires in California. Wow, Rocky Chad. Thanks for, I guess, Thank you the for service, your service that he put in, right? And the story about meeting the Terminator. Uh, Antoine says Michael Jordan, Kevin Garnett, and Reggie Miller. That I mean, sounds like he might have met them at a poker table gambling, maybe. Well, and, and if he did, then I wish I was at that poker table. You're talking about three of my favorite players. Like, I don't know what kind of list. Maybe top ten. Mm-hmm. But three of my favorites of all time. And yeah, then, that's right. Love Reggie. Love KG. And how could you not love the go? Then last one, Spence says that he used to valet at Capitol Grill uptown on the quietest night ever. White Rover pulls up and out jumps. <laughs> Derek Jeter says he almost fainted. All right. So here's a good collection. Gator Bates. When I was in the service industry, I had the honor of waiting on Johnny Damon, Sally Field, Dominique Wilkins, Chris Kattan, Pudge, Ivan Rodriguez, Michael Rappaport, Greg Kinnear, and others I can't remember. That is a hell of a group of wow. celebrities all together from the uh, waiting industry that Gator Bates used to work in. That it is. And now let's go to the campus. Kona. ESPN, a little while back, put out a list of different positions and which schools put out the best players from said positions. They did top tens for every single one of them and they call it position you now their stats and information comb through data on every team dating back to 1998 looking at key markets key markers of greatness at each position they awarded points for college production nfl draft selections and nfl production the players first five years were taken into account Michigan can claim responsibility for Tom Brady's success for only so long, they said. And so to hit on some of the ACC schools, the quarterbacks, number nine, FSU came in. We know their lineage that they've had there since 1998. Pretty impressive when you talk about Jameis Winston, a Heisman winner. E.J. Manuel was a first-round pick. Christian Ponder was a first-round pick. Jordan Travis this year is a projected first-round pick as well. But to get a couple of the snubs, wanted to throw a little bit in there, in my opinion, when you talk about the bigger programs locally, Clemson. I mean, Taj Boyd is up there as far as top two to three in several of the most important quarterback categories in ACC lore. Trevor Lawrence, we know what he did. Deshaun Watson. Also, ESPN put in NC State. When you talk about Jacoby Brissett, Ryan Finley, 
Uh, they got Brendan Armstrong that's, that's coming in there now. They talked about if Devin Leary blossoms into an NFL star, but uh, talking about Russell Wilson as well. So uh, that was that. Then you go over to running backs. Well, if we yeah focus on. You want to go on each? Well, you want to yeah, stop after like, each one? I just wanted to talk about NC State a little bit more okay, because yeah. of the phrasing there. It's here we Dude. here's where we offer our annual apology to NC State as you were mentioning, mm-hmm. and that is the one that is the most obscure. So if you go through all the colleges, it makes sense because these are schools that have a pretty rich co- uh, football history. So. Oklahoma's number one on this list. And then you have USC number two, Oregon three, Alabama four, Ohio State five, Texas six. And then the other one you get to with Louisville, which is true. It's one of the ones where, all right, yeah, I guess you do have some guys. Teddy Bridgewater is the guy that comes to mind. You did have a Brom go to the Carolina Panthers at Mm -hmm. some point when he was Mm -hmm. playing at Louisville. And so even if he didn't do anything for Carolina, you do have, I believe that was Brian Brom who was drafted into the NFL and played for the Carolina Panthers. But NC State, yeah, man. Mike Glennon, Jacoby Brissett, we know about Phillip Rivers. Mm-hmm. We have some guys from NC State reaching the links, and so it is interesting to see that that is the most obscure, and they're right in our own backyard. And I think Rivers was left out because it's dating back to 98. Uh, Fiddy, did you have any issues with this? Should the Carolina Tar Heels have been included in this position you for quarterbacks? Uh, whenever they do this next year, I think they'll find themselves on the list having Drake May because we're going to have, what, two top Three picks within the last half decade with Mitch Trubisky, Drake May, Sam Howell projected to be a starter. The NC State one to me is weird because you got Phillip Rivers. Um, Russell Wilson played at Wisconsin. He's a Badger, not a Wolfpack. Right, right. I mean, are we really (laughs) bragging about Jacoby Brissett being... And Mike what, Glennon as being, as being NFL quarterback. All right, so like, we're both third no, round picks. So, so Fiddy, I, I would be here, and, and then no, don't don't throw your mic as if you were to drop it after. A oh, great I'm not point. done. I was just moving. <laughs> no, the thing is, we can't celebrate Mitch Trubisky and then act like it's weird to celebrate Jacoby Brissett. Right. Right? Uh, Mitch Trubisky played and started in playoff games. Uh, has Jacoby Brissett? So. Do you think answer Mitch, the question? I don't know honestly. I don't he have has the res- research, but you can't act like Mitchell Trubisky. Fitty, he took he took the come Bears on. coached by Matt Nagy, oh. like 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 the Nathaniel okay. Hackett before Nathaniel Hackett. Okay, to the postseason twice. Okay, I mean you're a homer without being a homer. Come I'm, on, Fitty, you know that Trubisky wasn't hitting on a can but, of beans. And then once they got rid of Nagy, <laughs> nobody could save him. And now in Pittsburgh, nobody could like Trubisky. He was a top three pick. Okay, you got Sam Howell going to start in Washington. Drake May is going to be a top three pick. T.J. Yates started playoff games for the Houston Texans. And I believe he won a playoff game for the Houston Texans. All right. They've got a more legitimate case than NC State because Russell Wilson didn't play his entire career for the Wolfpack. But he played a couple of seasons, Tom O'Brien said, hey... We're good. Go play baseball. Whoa. That, that Fitty, that's that's a bit of a, a broad stroke right there. That's ridiculous. The only reason he got rid of him is because he did not want him to play two sports. It wasn't the quality of his play because I believe he started two years at NC State. Mm-hmm. He was pretty good, man. That's yeah. No, I I love it. I did not think, uh, yeah, we're, we're TJ Yates and Trubisky. <laughs> and, you no, know, I'm with you. Like, right. TJ Yates does have a playoff win under his belt. That is true. Like, hey. it, it is one of the cooler stats that Houston – Kept making the playoffs in the AFC South. And then what was it? Yates filled in because of an injury one time. Matt Schaub. And they also factor in (laughs) and they also factor in NFL production if you were listening to what I said. Which is why honestly Clemson probably shouldn't be in here. 
Because Taj Boyd doesn't have any NFL production. He doesn't. Yeah, you're right. But so the other Trevor two kind of carry that. Well, Trevor and Deshaun, for yeah. sure. But if you only have two, then I don't know how many other... Unless you want to go back to quarterback Jesus, which I'm all here for QB Jesus and Charlie Whitehurst. But the other two, it's why Clemson, despite going to the college football playoff as many times as they have and having multiple championships... I, I don't know if they're going to be in the list when you talk about some of these snubs. All right, and real quick, uh, before we get out of here, the running back position, Miami was number four. I felt like Clemson could have also entered the chat as well. Miami was the number four school, but you talk about Edgen James, McGahee, Portis, Gore, oh, well-warranted there. Wide receivers, Florida State was number seven. Uh, when you talk Rashad Green and, and Quan Bowden and some of those guys, I'm not sure Bowden was into the mix with that. I think he might have been a little bit before this, but Kelvin Benjamin, they've had a lot of great receivers. I also thought Clemson could have been in that one too when you talk about Sammy Watkins, Nuke Hopkins, Mike Williams, T. Higgins, uh, and a host of others. But that's good debate. Uh, we've got a lot more of those that we can go through, but the quarterbacks definitely got us uh, going in here. The running back is what you should be arguing North Carolina should be mentioned here with. The running back position. <laughs> that's the one. You spent all of your takes and all of your anger on the QB. Running back, you actually have a case here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you shouldn't be surprised that I took shots at NC State. I'm, I should, I'm not. I'm I not, sent right. you highlights with none of their dramatic wins. Over. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. For my team in the last five years. <laughs> The Weston Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ on a football Friday, a no rules Friday. Hit us up on that text line 704-570-9610. Follow us on social medias. The Weston Walker Show on Twitter, WFNZ on Twitter and Instagram, at Walker Mail, at HTB underscore Josh, and at Wes Bryant underscore 72 on Twitter and Instagram. And now let's go to the campus. Kona. All right, we've been talking about realignment, ad nauseum. We all know it. We love it. Maybe you don't love it. But Stanford, it came out uh, last night that Stanford has been trying everything they can to get into this league. As last week, it was reported that Cal and Stanford were just one vote short of getting accepted into the ACC. Both West Coast schools had votes in their corners, but Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina, and NC State stood in the way. Kyle and Stanford would need one of those schools to flip their vote. A report from Ralph Russo at the Associated Press says that Stanford is trying very hard to receive an invite from the ACC and might be willing to do so at a reduced revenue sharing cost. Leaders from Stanford, California, Oregon State, and Washington State spoke Thursday, and Stanford told its colleagues that it had informed the ACC that it would be open to join the conference at a greatly reduced or even no media rights payout for several years 
a person familiar with the discussions told the Associated Press whether getting Stanford and Northern California rival Kyle at a cut rate will be enough to convince the necessary 12 or 15 ACC, ACC schools to vote remains unknown. What do you think about that? Stanford just saying, listen, we'll take little to no money. Just let us in. That they're desperate because the Pac-12 is now the Pac-4 and all the good programs from that conference are gone football-wise. And Stanford, while they've had some success in football, it's not enough to make it make sense for them, for the ACC, to welcome them in. This goes back to the conversation that we had with Joe Ovius. And you should go to the Ovius and Gilio podcast and check out their conversation with Holden Thorpe, former chancellor of North Carolina, who had a big old say in what was going on when the ACC was doing the whole conference realignment thing more than a decade ago. The reason that this is even taking place, it's that non-football guys are making these decisions and they're doing so for academics which makes sense i'm not about to sit here and say oh who cares about academics but they're not going to be bringing any money to the table when we talk about the acc which is what you need right now because of the distribution plan that florida state is not happy with that clemson even if they're not as vocal that clemson might not be as happy with but stanford is not going to be bringing in that money california they are not going to be bringing in that money but they are excellent schools as far as the academics go and so that's why i know Notre Dame, despite not needing to have any say on what goes on in the ACC because your football team is independent. Yeah. And then you want to try to say, oh, you should bring them in. But nah, we're not going to join the conference when that could just fix everything. No, Notre Dame, I'm sorry. If you want to join the conference, then we'll listen to your opinion. But if you don't, then what you have to say matters just as much as what Walker Mail down in Charlotte doing radio on WFNZ has to say, which isn't really a damn thing. So, <laughs> no, Cal, Stanford, it doesn't make sense. I understand that some of these chancellors and presidents and people that care about how your school looks academically, I understand why they would want to consider those schools. But football-wise, it doesn't make sense, and that's the reason that they're not a part of this conference as it stands right and now. And then they also have some powerful allies that are trying to help them as well. According to a report that came out yesterday from Ross Dellinger at Yahoo Sports, former president of the United States, George W. Bush, and former secretary of state Condoleezza Rice are on a campaign to encourage ACC leaders to rethink their position on acquiring both Stanford and SMU, as well as Kyle Dellinger also reports that Bryce and Bush have communicated with ACC officials in pursuit of a membership invitation for the schools in which they are vested. George Bush coming out of the woodworks to try to get SMU into the ACC. I mean, how wild is this? Politicians, Condoleezza Rice, also a former powerful person in Washington as well, getting in on the realignment talks, trying to get their schools into the league. I think it's just very fascinating. As I said, I'm a proponent of SMU coming in. I think that would be cool to add them as well. And if Stanford wants to come in at a reduced rate or whatever the case may be, then so be it, I guess. I mean, I've got no problems with that the, if they add them. But, I mean, it, it, it all has to do with you kind of liking SMU and that really being the only reason, right? Because it doesn't make much sense if these schools aren't going to be making a whole lot of money and diminishing the value, especially when Florida State is the team that wants to leave because they don't have enough money as it stands right now. No doubt. I mean, SMU's a uh, they're a pretty good program as of right now and also getting into Texas and schools being able to have an end to recruit into Texas and get some of that talent out of that 
talent, Rich State. I mean, it's, it's as I said, just SMU, the whole Texas factor. I think that will be an interesting add uh, to the ACC as well. That's just my thoughts on why it would be cool with SMU getting in. It, it, look, yeah, it, it would be cool because we remember the history of what they used to be with the Pony Express, and it would be cool because you can get that. That's the only that's the only selling point that they're holding on to by a thread. And even still, they're trying to say, we'll take less money in order to join your conference, which goes to show, one, how desperate they are, and there's a reason for them to be desperate, right? And remember how I talked about the non-football people trying mm-hmm. to sway these decisions? Do you know of any team that Condoleezza Rice has coached? Do you know of any team that George Bush has been in, in front of? <laughs> no, you know, maybe coached the, the Browns. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. <laughs> maybe the Rangers, right? If you want to go to baseball, I know he's a big Rangers fan. Other than that, it's the non-football people trying to sway these decisions again. So, yeah, this is the problem, man. I, it's just, I don't see it happening. And I don't think it's a very good decision for them to bring in teams that aren't going to be contributing enough to help the financial distribution plan to appease what is chaotic Florida State and then Clemson again, who might not be speaking nearly as much, but might be feeling some type of way. Yeah, Rice, the former U.S. Secretary of State, is a Stanford professor who serves as director of the school's Hoover Institute a public policy think tank and research institute. And then Bush's wife, Laura, attended SMU and his presidential library is located on the school's campus, man. So everybody trying to get in to get their schools there, the Pac-10, Pac-12, Pac-4, whatever you want to call it, man, it's just looking wild for them out west. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.